taking up the miles. We do the miles, dog. Got a wretched in my coat. Got a girl doing coke. We drink up and we smoke, but she always do the most. It kind of turned me on the way she licking on my stones. My chains on and a freeze. It look like I made a clone. Want to see you get Hi guys, this episode of the Basshole Podcast is sponsored by Boomerang Energy. Boomerang Energy is a Duluth-based energy drink that contains more natural and healthy ingredients while still keeping its incredible taste and long-lasting energy to get you through the day. Even though the Timberwolves bring us down with their lack of play, Boomerang Energy is here to save the day. Use the code BASSHOLE for 10% at checkout on your next purchase. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of Timberwolves Talk. I'm Peyton and that is Chris. A special thank you to Woe's Eye or uh, King Physique, as many of you know him, for the intro video. We uh, we really appreciate it. You can go check out his Instagram. He's got plenty of other uh, dancing videos just like that if, um, if you want to see that. Um, we got a very jam-packed Timberwolves Talk today. We're going to start out talking about the, uh, the last two games, the Wizard and the Suns games. Uh, and then we're going to get into some Timberwolves news. Um, just a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on right now that we want to talk about. And then finally, we're going to get into the uh, some of our subscribers commented on our last video and we're going to go over their comments and uh, get into that. So stay tuned for uh, another great episode. For sure. For sure. I guess uh, getting into the Wizards game. Um, it's 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 a lot of the same story for this Timberwolves team in the past however many games it is like we're in the game until halftime and then you know Bradley Beal and company go on a I don't even know the exact run I think it was 23 to 5 ish run and they kind of blow us out of the water and that's just the way it went I mean Anthony Edwards had a very inefficient game um we didn't have Malik or D'Lo obviously uh we didn't really get to see Jarrett Culver play which was interesting due to the fact we thought we were going to get to see him on a minutes restriction um but yeah it was it was one of those games that was like yeah this 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 is the Timberwolves I mean yeah it's crazy if some people thought that getting the new head coach right away would um would fix all of our problems and make it so and make it just completely different right out the bait um right out the gate obviously the thing there's something I want to touch on under Chris Finch right now he has had four games in four different cities and he's only had one practice so you're telling me how how is he possibly supposed to turn things around with one practice yeah i mean it, it's impossible like our offense looks decent again um we're scoring at least in the triple digits even during the wizards game we won two out of the four quarters like we were even mm-hmm. with them two out of the four quarters but like i said earlier the big story was the third quarter collapse where we let them score 44 points in one quarter again and a 40 point quarter guys is not a common thing like it's sh- it's it shouldn't be with common, us it, is. it shouldn't be in a, a common reoccurring thing like a 40 point quarter is an incredible quarter and we let that happen against us way too many times so, I mean, you look at the first quarter, we outscored them 29-27. Second quarter, they outscored 27-23. Third quarter, obviously, 44-29. to And then the fourth quarter, we outscored them by one. But it's just, if you let up a massive quarter, it's, you're going to lose. Like, you're going to, you're going to, and in three of the quarters, we scored about 30 points. So, I mean, you, you should be able to win a game like that is the issue. Yeah, it's funny. Just any single time the Timberwolves go up against like a elite scoring player, you know that player is going to go off. Like yeah. Bradley Beal, you knew he was going to have a great game. Devin Booker, you knew he was going to have a great game. 
Zach Levine, you knew he was going to have a great game. It's just those players are just salivating at the mouth when they get to see that they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. And that's just, it's tough, but also, I mean, we, no one should be blaming this on Chris Finch right now. No, not a single person because he hasn't been able to do anything. And I think once he finally gets to have a few practices, then, then maybe we can, uh, then we can start to judge him a little bit. And put like he doesn't, he doesn't have, have his two. He doesn't. He doesn't have Malik or D'Lo right now. Like it's just it's impossible to judge him off these first few games. I mean, it, I think the offense has been looking better. It's just the the players haven't been too efficient. And I think that's that was frustrating for me watching these past two games because like this is Ant and Cat's time to shine like right now and like put up insane numbers in these past few games. I I mean, Ant scored above twenty the past two. I think he scored twenty one and. 21 in the Wizards game and 24 in the Suns, but both of them were on fairly inefficient shooting. Um, Cat doing about the same thing, like 23 points in the Wizards game, 11 rebounds, five assists, which is nice. But obviously you want you want Cat averaging 30 right now, I think, yeah. when everyone's out, and that's what we really want to see. Um, I thought Kogi actually had a pretty decent game against the Wizards. Um, there were some comments after the game from Bradley Beal. I don't know if you saw those, but like – He's saying Akogi was fouling him every single time. And I, I thought Akogi played actually really good defense um, on Bradley Beal and with pretty efficient numbers, 12 points, three rebounds, two assists. I mean, that's what we need Josh Kogi to do is play good defense and put up stats like that. Yeah, so that I, wonder, was nice to see. I got a question for you. How many, um, without looking at stats, which I know you might be right now, how many assists did Cat and Anthony Edwards have combined in the last two games? Um... Just a guess. I have. I know the number. Just what? Do, what do you think? Well, I know Two that games. Ant didn't. Ha- Ant didn't have any in the first game, and I just. I think Cat had five. So I would say like twelve-ish, thirteen-ish, seven, seven, seven wow. combined assists in the last two games. That's crazy, man. That, and that's, that's, after. That crazy. After my mistake last time, I made sure I. I got my. I got the stats down. I got all the stats. You mean? Cat, 23, 11, and 5 against the Wizards. Um, you look at that stat line, and I love the five assists. That 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 is not that's that's what I like to see in Cat. It makes it seem that he's uh the offense is running through him a little bit more. 23 points. Obviously, you could bump that up a little bit. But the Suns game, a 21, 10, and 1 game for Cat, it's just that's a very he did not I thought um I guess getting into the Suns game now, but I, I legitimately thought and dominated towns that game and even like every even the timberwolves commentators were talking about it how like Aiton was having anything he wanted on cat there was no there was n- there was no sign of cat stopping Aiton, and that's the that's the biggest issue i it obviously like the covid situation um happened and cat's not the same player at the moment but it's just it's really tough to see him get bullied like, yeah. I don't know if you guys see what I'm seeing, but every time he tries to back a center down on offense, even he can't do it. He looks like, goofy. He looks goofy. <laughs> he looks mechanical. He's, I, I don't, I can't understand it. Like he's flailing everywhere. And it's the like, dude's um, just standing there. Have you seen the, uh, the image Boogie of, me. of um, DeMarcus Cousins and yeah. Colin Anthony Towns? That's yep. kind of what it looks like. He's just weak. And um, a stat, because I'm the stat guy now, a stat I'd like to talk to you about <laughs> is, um, since Cat returned, what what do you think the Timberwolves' record is? Uh, we haven't won a game, have we? We're one in ten. 
since Cat oh we have back. dang that's terrible i saw we were two, we were two and 14 this february so if that's a indicator of how well they're doing right now there you go but yeah so like i guess like it that's kind of like everyone thought that the only reason we were losing was because cat was out and obviously now we can say that that's not the case it's not just so people are saying like if cat's the only reason that you guys are losing either he is a top three player in the nba or your roster is terrible yeah and that's i think that's the huge that's the biggest issue because i think if all these pieces were healthy i think we put up a, a decent season like a 500 season but like that shouldn't be like look at Memphis with Ja out and Jaron Jackson out. They're able to win without those pieces. You what, what Gerson needs to do for us is assemble a roster that can win without a star. Like it or needs at to least be, able be to competitive. Win. We don't we need, need to win every game. We need to be a competent NBA team. Yeah, and we're not that right now. Actually, a fun a fun but sad stat I just saw today on Twitter was the Timberwolves right now are the only team with the same. Um, playoff odds as winning the finals odds and it's less than 0.1% which is that's terrible <laughs> that's not that's not what you want to um, not what you want to see so I, I you know less than 0.1% of making the playoffs guys I think obviously all of us know that 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 dream is a uh, pretty far-fetched from reality yeah. so really right now it it it, I want to see us win some games, but it, a lot of the us fans are just now trying to bank on this forty percent chance yep. of getting a top three pick. Like we, we, I'll admit for me at least, I'm I want to I want to win, but it's like I, I want to win. I'm not relying on the draft, but like as a team, we are relying on this top three pick. Yeah, and if you saw Cade Cunningham this weekend, oh my uh, goodness, dude, that guy. I was about to wear my um, – I have an Oklahoma State shirt. I was about to wear it just to um, – <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go put it on, actually. But, Man, that that 40-point, 11-rebound, whatever it was, performance, I – my goodness, man. He was he, – he turned it on, and he did not turn it off. No. I, I could not believe what I was watching. I had to turn the game on when I was seeing notifications, but – He's clutch, man. He's clutch. He can play great defense. Um, you know, everyone thought his biggest weakness was shooting. He showed us he can shoot. Mid-range, man. He's got a great mid-range game. I like he's undisputed number one. I don't see anyone even close to him at the moment. So. Yeah, I watched um the lad from USC. I don't remember his name. Mobley. Evan Mobley. I wasn't that impressed. I'm not like he did not I he was playing against um hell, I don't know who he was playing against, but I he didn't have that star power that Cade Cunningham has, or even yeah, Jalen Suggs. He doesn't. He didn't really control the game the way that I was expecting to see him. So man, I just hope we get in that top top one. I hope. I mean, we can... I, I yeah, like, the, I I don't know. I don't think the NBA loves the Timberwolves, and I think there's obviously like. I, I'm not going to say the NBA lottery is rigged or anything but it of that nature, but like the year that we get the number one pick is one of the declared as one of the lesser draft classes. So like, obviously this draft class is fairly high powered. Um, I don't know. I hope we, I hope we get the number one pick, but I mean, if we get top three in general, that's just a ginormous win. Um, you got, Three, four really great players like Cade Cunningham's a, a lock at this point to be yep. like a Ben Simmons with a shot which is extremely scary 
Um, Jonathan Kuminga looks amazing on the G League team right now. Him and um, him and Jalen Green look really good. So I'm excited to see those how those two G League prospects play out because they're playing really good. They're averaging upwards of almost 20 points um, in the G League right now. So that's really good to see. That's that's it's a really good sign that the G League is working. Yeah. Um, and then you you mentioned Evan Mobley who maybe needs a little bit longer to develop, but he's seven feet tall and he can shoot at a very high clip and can play tremendous defense. So, I mean, if you pair him and Kat together at the four and the five, I think that would be really interesting to see how they play out together. So, I mean, any of those four options, even you, you can throw in Jalen Suggs there. It's just, I didn't throw him in because obviously our, our point guard position is a little bit crowded. At well, the no, not our point guard. Eh? Seriously though, if we added him at, I mean, I guess we got, Sugg. we have a, uh... D-Lo, though, that's the problem. It's, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, I we can get into D-Lo in a little bit, but the, the, I, I wouldn't draft Jalen Suggs if I were the Timberwolves this year, in my opinion. Um, All right. But he can be a top three, top three prospect for another team for sure. But I, I'm sold on Cade Cunningham. I think if you, I mean, obviously I just said get Jalen Suggs out of here. He's a point guard. But Cade Cunningham, he's a point guard, but he is – He's a trade whoever you have on your team for type point guard. Like, yeah, I, you build your team I, around him. D'Lo, I'm sorry if we get him. Like, hopefully we can work it out. I mean, I mean, who knows, man? You have, you have Cade D'Lo at the one and two. You have Ant Man at the three. Whoever at the four and Cat at the five, and then Malik, Malik off, off the bench. bench. That's scary. You you got to be able to win with that team. You got like, it. There, there's not like if, if you, you have that team, there's no losing. That's like a team you make up in like uh, a two K simulation. League. Yeah, like that team. That God, if we got that team together, and it's not that like far the Nets, off. man. Like, dude, this that that team could happen very easily. We just have to get lucky. I mean, yeah, and we have then we'd have Cade Cunningham and Ant Man on rookie contracts for the next Ant Man for the next three years. Cade for the next four years. If you're only turn... paying D'Lo and Cat and then Malik a little bit, guys, like we can get a elite four, like a great power forward with that money we have sitting around. And like, who wouldn't want to come play for us with that roster? I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to think about. It's fun to think about. But then again, I thought this roster, you know, after going 0 2 beating the jazz i was like you know maybe we finally found the team maybe finally well we were healthy we were fully healthy but yeah that's just the problem we can't stay healthy this is this we are the unlucky i i'll i'll say this we are the most injury plagued team this year and the most unluckiest when it comes to injuries because we would not be the worst team in the league right now i guarantee you there are worse teams than the timberwolves in the league as a roster as a whole the pistons for sure I'm just kind of looking at it as a positive as I'm trying to find some positives out of it. Just kind of like we have so much talent, but we're losing. And this is, I guess it's only going to make the team stronger and it's only going to make the people that actually want to be part of this team, be able to stay on this team and uh, be in here for the long run, I guess. Like that's really the only positive you can take out of it. Like Ant is going to, he's learning how to lose. He's learning that it's he's he's this hopefully is going to be the toughest season of his whole career. Yeah, and I mean he's still smiling. are inefficient it, though. Yeah, he is it's just the way it goes. It's the way it goes. You know, there's ups and downs of the rookie season. I'm really happy with what I've seen so far. So we're gonna get him more efficient. He's gonna develop a better shot. Um, he's gonna be a beast. We'll we'll uh, we'll, 
we're still on the Ant-Man train for sure. Um, oh, yeah. Come on. How could but, you man, not be on? You got, you got to like, obviously, guys, Peyton and I, were, uh, we wanted to select LaMelo with the first pick in the draft this year. And you, you can't not see what LaMelo is doing right now in the NBA. And, like, it's, it's what we expect. It's more than we expected, even. Yeah. He's playing incredible. He's absolutely playing incredible. Leading the league in scoring, assists. Um, almost leading the league in rebounding for rookies. three pointers above 40%. Like he's playing well, he's playing well. And it's hard well. to look over there and be like, damn, that could be us. Charlotte's a fun team too. So, I mean, yeah. So okay. I guess let's, okay. um, let's get into some, some Timberwolves news. Um, yeah. the first, first topic I want to talk into, uh, talk about is, uh, Culver's, um, Jarrett is back and he is uh he's he's kind of what we expected to see when he came back but I just want to hear your thoughts on him on his return um I mean coming from like a, a really severely sprained ankle obviously he's gonna be like I don't expect him to play well right out of the gates he had, he had some bounce the one the one game though yeah he, he had that nice dunk um He's, I, I, you guys know how I feel about Jarrett Culver. Um, I'm, I don't want to give up on him, but it's tough to see us taking him sixth. And, um, you know, he still hasn't developed that shot. He hasn't developed that free throw really. Um, he's a better inside scorer. That's, that's good. It's a plus. He's a, he's a decent defender, but his I don't know. I don't his confidence is low right now when and you he, can tell when it's payday when it's payday in two years are you gonna give him a contract or are you gonna let him sign somewhere else I I, I think you gotta go let him explore new avenues and hopefully revitalize his career somewhere else because I, I don't know where it would be going here I think we're just wing heavy I mean Anthony Edwards Malik Akogi I mean McDaniels now even well we'll talk about McDaniels but yep there's just not a lot of room. There's not a lot of room for Culver. I don't know where he fits in. So in yeah. my opinion, I think, I think, uh, I think Culver would probably be a, uh, a cut. Uh, I mean, a trade candidate before the deadline. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And we'll get into the trades later, but um, it's just kind of, it's kind of sad, man, to be honest. Like you can just see the confidence. I don't know what needs to happen. Maybe a few games down in the G league. Can you do that? Can you at this point? No, I don't. I don't even think he's allowed to go down to the G League. But I, it's at this point, it's you know he's just he needs a new uh, a new change of scenery. I think I don't think Minnesota is the place for him. I, I really don't. I just think it's too too wing heavy. Uh, but what about what about in the beginning? The philosophy just doesn't play into his. This is my whole thing on him: is if we want to be the the three point shooting team, the in and out type team, pick and rolling, that's not Jarrett Culver's game. Is the issue. Yeah. So I agree, I, man. It's, he just doesn't fit the philosophy. I want him to succeed so bad because we in those pre- first preseason games, like he looked great, and we were all in. We were like, I think you might have made this this take, or I did. Someone did. Someone said on this podcast, one of the two, probably me, but I think I said that uh, Culver and Anthony Edwards could be like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the future, and that might that be was one. Hopefully, of them. you. I- <laughs> I don't think I said that. That might be one of the worst takes I've ever heard. But it's just like, I don't know. I think that, I think he's still got a little bit left. And I think he's, I mean, dude, he's coming off a couple months out. Like that was his first couple games. Like, what do you expect? He just needs to get his confidence going. And like, I don't know. He could, 
he can be a decent player in our rotation. I'd rather have I, him I, than Jake Lehman on the court. I think we just trade him while his while his value's up right now, though, because like teams see that and they see him in an overcrowded position. And what if we what if we keep him for the next two years or whatever, and he just does the same exact thing? Like he's gonna have no trade. Like you gotta yeah. trade him while he's super young still, while we can still get a four back, hopefully a competent four. I yeah. like I first of all though I um. I think Bando's actually been playing pretty good at the four. I think he's been a nice role player. Um, in the, I think it was the Wizards game, actually. He started off the game like five for five with 11 points, something like that. Bando is playing really well. Um, he's a good rebounder, pretty good defender, um, but he can't oh, shoot is the, no. is the issue. <laughs> he's a great backup four. That's what I've been saying. He's like, a great backup need, four. We need a starting four, a real starting four in the NBA. And I don't know how much more we need to ask everyone knows we need a four and like if that doesn't happen at the trade deadline i don't i don't know what's going on here so some would say jaden mcdaniels someone bring up the name jaden mcdaniels and this is what i have to this is what i have to say to the jaden mcdaniels argument at the four jaden mcdaniels is a really good defender um he rebounds decent um he's a great shot blocker he can hit threes he's he hasn't been shooting very well the past few games but he can hit them i don't think he's big enough right now to play the four like i don't think he's he just gets bodied every single time he's on a physical four and that leads to us getting out rebounded and then i I, that's one of our biggest problems is we get out rebounded we're just more they the other team is always bigger than us guys we don't have a player over seven feet on this roster cat's six eleven like yeah we're not going to win being that small. I, I never liked the Rockets small ball, and I don't like Timberwolves kind of playing small ball. Well, because it's just like terrible. It. Like, it, I'm, I kind of liked it on the Rockets a little bit, but I hated they were it good, the They were good enough to execute it. Like, P.J. Tucker is good enough to play. He's big enough. He's smart enough. He's a veteran to do that. Josh Kogi is not smart enough yet to play the four, I don't think. Josh Kogi wants to play the five. He I mean... <laughs> Like he said, let me play the five. He said, put cat at four. Let me play the five. And then. And we play him at the four to start the first few games. And we all saw how that worked out. I mean, dude, he just takes some terrible shot. Like every time he drives to the hoop, he looks like me trying to drive the hoop. Like, yeah, like it just uh, has no chance. Like he doesn't even he has no finishing ability. He just throws it up there. So we were talking about fours. Um, There's two prominent fours that are on the. I'm not going to say on the trade block, but are receiving offers for them. And that's obviously two players we've talked about before in Aaron Gordon and John Collins. So I think the benefit of John Collins is first of all, he's a 20 and 10 player, um, which is with great defense. He's physical. He can rebound, but is he going to be a one-year rental is the, is now the issue with that. Um, I don't want to trade Rubio and possibly a first, for a one-year rental when we already possibly the last have a first this year. Yeah, so we need to keep draft compensation. That's the biggest thing for us. Is we have, we're a small market team. We have to build through the draft. Um, that's why I'm saying – so obviously John Collins is the better player than Aaron Gordon. He, John Collins can shoot the three. Um, yeah, and that's what we want. With Aaron Gordon, he's cheaper. Um, we can restructure a deal and extend him, actually, without having to get rid of anybody. We're going to have to give up less for Aaron Gordon – um, maybe just a couple bench pieces in a second or something. 
and I, I like that a lot better because I know what Aaron Gordon gives you. I know he can, I know he can D up and I know at least he can rebound. He's got a good vertical. Um, he can shoot a little bit. So, I mean, I think Aaron Gordon fits in with that core perfectly 25, 26 years old. He'll, he'll grow as the team grows. Mm-hmm. So I, like I think Aaron we need a couple more. Yeah. And the whole argument I made with a friend yesterday too, was you look at teams like we were talking we used the twins as an argument. They're a perfect championship looking team right now. Cause of the, the mix of veterans and young talent they have, they have a lot of great vets. Nelson Cruz, Josh Donaldson, yeah. and then they have a lot of really good younger talent in Kepler, Buxton. They have a great mix. Right now, the Wolves have only young players. Ed Davis, Ed Davis is the only older player, and Ricky's like intermediate. Even he, even he's not even really that old. I mean, he's a veteran, but he's the only veteran that's playing. Yeah, we need veterans that are in the starting lineup. Seriously, I agree. So I mean, we can't. You can't be an average of 20, what is it? 23 and a half years old and expect to win a championship. No, you don't have the pedigree to do it. You have to have veterans and no veterans are going to want to come to the Timberwolves right now. Obviously. Yeah. Cause usually a, vet, a, a vets, a vet, veterans are going to sign onto these championship rosters and making a run at the playoffs. No veterans going to get them want to even come here. If we don't have anything to offer them, there's, it's just not, Feasible. So yeah, I, that's why I think Collins or Gordon both grow. Collins is a little bit younger. I think he's 22 or 23. Um, but Gordon grows right into that draft class with Cat and D'Lo. So I think, I th- I don't know. I don't know what you give up for him. I mean, I'd really love to keep Noel. Uh, he's been a bright spot for sure. I mean, averaging double digits off the bench. I'd, I'd like to keep Noel, but obviously he might, he probably would get packaged. Um, Kogi, I'd love to get rid of. You may have to give up. You may have to give. You might give up Rubio for uh, Collins to match salaries. Probably be a Rubio. But look at that right now. Where does that leave us with only McLaughlin at point guard? And and minus a vet. So I mean, yeah, like you're tough situation. It's tough, but Rubio. We can't. We can't give up first. We can't give up. I, I even I'm reluctant to give up a second because actually one thing the Timberwolves do is find fairly good second round talent. And undrafted. Jalen Noel, Nas, Jared Vanderbilt. So I, I like our late round picks actually. Um, so it's tough. It's tough. I don't know what I don't know what you do. But if you're if you want someone, you got to obviously give up something. And I, at the end of the day, um, I'd, we want a I'd probably be I, I'd be reluctant, but I probably would give up Noel or Rubio for a for a player. Yeah, I I wouldn't be reluctant to give up Rubio. And did you? Uh, I want to get into Rubio's comments after last night's game. He was being brutally honest. Um, he basically said, like, I just don't feel like we're building something here right now. And yeah, he's right. But I was that the right thing to say? I no. especially after we bring in a new coach, like it's almost like saying like he doesn't he didn't think that that was the right move, because I think what we're doing is building something by bringing in a new coach and bringing in a new system. That's exactly what we're doing is we're building something new. What it sounded like to me is almost like I, I, I hope he didn't mean this, but it like sounded like he was giving up on some of the younger guys. He was giving up on the team a little bit and saying, like, this isn't working right now. This we're not going anywhere. We're not building anything. And when you got guys like Ant or Culver or um, even D'Lo and Cat, who are the leaders of this team and who have to lead this team. 
I that's not good to put that in their ear. Nor Malik. I'm sure Malik's probably pissed. I mean, I'm sure that's something he would be pissed about. Usher, I, did you know he looked? I I was I was at work and I they had like his podcast for some. It was it was weird that they had his episode of the podcast on before the game. Like yeah. you know how they do Wolves Plus or whatever. Yep. They had Malik's on. Yeah, they had Malik's on. I'm like, all right, like we probably should not be promoting Malik Beasley right now after what's what he's what's going on with him. But yeah. yeah, they said he looked like Usher, and I was like, I, I can see that. That's kind of funny. But yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't love the comments actually. I, I hate some, I, some some people praised it in the kind like we love how Ricky's being brutally honest. I mean, you you can be brutally honest, but like at the end of the day, Ricky, you're the one that's supposed to shift the culture. You're the one who's supposed to come in here and help these young guys build something. And it and if you're saying this right now, now that means you failed too it's not just the team that's failed that means you failed yeah like who are you pointing at ricky who who are you pointing at you point at the coach because he's gone now there's a new coach like you there's no one to really can't point fingers at chris finch yet no one we don't even i don't even know if he's implemented an offense it's probably just a bunch of pick and roll he's had one practice and is he was someone holding up a mirror during that um during that zoom call was he talking to himself was it like was it a deeper meaning? Is that what Rick, Ricky was trying to get at? Is the, the, really See, the only thing that would make sense to me? Because the thing that I like got from that is like, wow, like, I don't know. I take those comments as like, you almost don't want to be here. Like you almost don't believe in here. And it's kind of a way of declaring is like uh, demanding a trade without demanding a trade. That's just kind of how I like, I know that probably wasn't what he meant, but it seemed like he was almost saying like, I'm out. Like, that's it like get me out of here get me on a contender he probably that's exactly what i was about to say he saw the suns playing and he used to play there and he's like like that's like get me out like i want to go back to a team like that i want to be i want to be the starting point guard on the team where i don't have too much pressure to score and i can facilitate and everyone loves me and i can just be right and like i he never wanted to leave the suns was the one thing too he got traded um for, for to me it actually sounded like he wanted to be traded and i you know maybe he does need new scenery because obviously it's just not working here i don't know I, and you can't blame that on the teammates i mean you have to take some self responsibility of why it's not working you can't just His, have a bad season and like expect to be traded and i'm well let me ask you this who um which one of his teammates, which one of these younger teammates that he's talking about is making him shoot fadeaway mid-range layups late in the late in game? Who is that Anthony Edwards? Is that Jade McDaniels? Which one of them is making him do that? Is that the coach that's saying, okay, Ricky, you're going to go take a fadeaway layup right now? Cause that's what we need. I, I, you know, I, Ryan Saunders seemed incompetent at times, but I would hope that the plays he drew up were not Ricky Rubio, just taking one legged mid Rangers. I, hope and I don't no think they were. That play up. I don't think they were. I really think Ricky just did that. Like I I'm sure those shots were either supposed to go to Malik cat or Anthony Edwards. I'm so, sure of it. For me, it, it kind of seems like every, every basketball team you're on at, at Oh God. Oh, I lost you for a sec. I, think I just lost you. Yeah, I lost. We back now? All right, we're good. All right, I'm so back. any any team that I've been on at, like, the high school level, there's always that one senior on the team that doesn't play. Um, it's just kind of there along for the ride. And at first, they're super, super hyped up, super excited. Like, they're fine not playing. Like, they're happy to see the younger kids playing. They're getting excited on the bench. 
But then at a certain point in the season, they kind of hit the wall and they're like, I want to like, they just get mad. And like, that's just kind of the comparison I guess I'm seeing with Ricky. Like he's, he's an older player, but he's not really a leader on the team. So agreed. There is no leader on the team. That's I think, I think Malik's kind of a leader. It's just, he's not playing. There is no real, like from what I saw from James Johnson last year, he's a leader. Like he, he knows how to lead. He leads by example. He leads by physicality. He leads by defending his players. Um, we don't have that right now. I, I don't think we have like a Nikola Pekovic. I don't think we have like a Kevin Garnett. I don't think no. we have a Kevin Love. I don't think we have one of those players right now who's actually going to take responsibility and take account for this team and lead Ooh. it because Cat always keeps – we always say Cat needs to do that. And I, You know, I, I think this year he step up, stepped up a little bit. I think he's making comments. And I'm like, okay, that's something a leader would say. I really do – I'd agree with that. So I think – maybe I, I don't know i don't know yeah um i i think our best shot at a leader is someone that you wouldn't expect really to be a leader yet because he's so young but i think anthony edwards really has that leadership mentality and he he is man and like that's i think not this year it's tough to be a leader when you're a rookie but i see next year or the next year i think he can really be the guy that steps up as the leader for this team just because Dude, that guy, like, I know we love LaMelo. I know LaMelo is a great player, but something about Anthony Edwards' personality is just, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't know how he can be so happy and so joyful, even after a loss, even after he plays bad, he's still positive. And, like, that's what a leader is. Like, a leader is a guy that isn't going to salt. Like, he'll, he's upset when they lose, for sure. But he's not going to, like, tear down his teammates. Nothing like that. Like, I could never see Anthony Edwards tearing down a teammate. Yeah, he's always he's always hyping his teammates up on the bench. He's accountable you know, too. He 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 held he holds himself accountable for mm-hmm. his actions. Whenever he has a bad night, he goes and shoots. Um, I he he is a leader already. I think he's got that that alpha dog mentality. He wants to be better than the next player on the court. Like you saw him going at LeBron. You saw him going at Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul. He, Chris Paul. He's that like, fadeaway on Chris Paul was. I I saw him do that, and I was like, who was guarding him? And then I saw it was Chris Paul, and I'm like, that like, a boy. He's he's that grown one up. might he, he's grown up. Yeah, that one might be like more of an iconic shot than the one against LeBron because Chris Ball has proven that he is one of the most elite point guards in the NBA for so many years, and he's such a great defensive player. And for Ant just to back him down and fade away like that, like that's just again, man, he's a dog. Yeah. So I mean, it's like what we we're not trying to sound like the team is in shambles, but at the moment, it's just like it's it's really tough i mean it's tough to watch it's tough to even talk about at times because it's the same thing like it's 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 tough but we're trying to bring new and exciting things to you guys it's it's nice that the trade deadline's coming up um something's gonna happen it's nice that march madness is gonna be coming up soon um we'll get to watch some of these college prospects and bring you guys some draft analysis and stuff like that um it's gonna be it's gonna be it's going to be more exciting. I think there is brighter days ahead. It's just like, this is the, uh, this is probably the lowest point of the season. It, I agree it really because is. we were playing so well, those last few games with Ryan Saunders. And I don't know if that was the players um, kind of like rallying with him, like trying to give him one last chance, like giving him all they had trying to save his career as trying to save his job as a coach. But ever since Saunders is gone, it's kind of, it's kind of been gone and I like we've not been playing well since Saunders yeah. left. 
And uh, info on that though, you know, Saunders may be in the running for uh, the Gophers coach. I don't know if you saw that, but yeah, we're uh, not gonna Pitino's... we're not gonna give the source on that or where we no. saw it. But um, but yeah, I did see Pitino's that. Done. Darren, Darren said our guy Darren said that somewhere that uh, he might be the Gophers coach. And honestly, as a Gophers fan, I think we should uh, go in a different direction. I think that <laughs> like. I like, I just don't know if I could take that right now. I think that, I think Saunders from that's like a kick in the balls. Cause you just got rid of him and then you bring him back on another team. <laughs> Dude, there's no way, there's no way Saunders would do that. He needs to get out. He needs to just, he needs to spend some time away from Minnesota, grow as a person. Like, I feel like that would just be, cause it would just be a bad look for him. Cause if he can't coach in the NBA and then he can't coach at college, what's he doing next? Is he going to show up at Hudson high school and be the next varsity basketball coach like he's going backwards actually you most people start out as a high school coach go college and then nba he might be going nba college high school then he might start coaching like a random seventh grade team and then he's going to start his way back up the ladder and by the time he's 65 we could be seeing him in the nba again i think that yeah that might be how it's looking maybe (laughs) all right so we we promised you guys um we would do a uh react segment where we react to re where we react to your comments um so i'll pull that up right now but yeah we yeah. um got a lot of great takes from everyone i i put it oh, together. you got you got to enable me to be able to screen share i guess i guess i'm not that important damn i don't know uh all right i think i think you're good try it out there we go okay um we'll just go like this i guess sure i'll just share the whole screen why not yeah i don't know how how does that look looks great perfect let's go into present mode here um let me put my face down here so i can read these so the first comment is from flip antonio 84 i think people are overreacting on this team we can still be a near playoff team in the future. Cat, D'Lo, Ant, Malik, Jaden, Vando are all very talented players. We just need time. We've only had this roster fully healthy for less than five games. What do you have to say? Well, Flip, so um, I, I 100% agree with you on this. I think that's kind of the way that the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves fan base has been recently is we love to overreact. And um, I guess – you're right. In the future, we will be a playoff team. And I think it is in the near future. I would say next year, we will be a playoff team. I don't see how we could not be a playoff team with all the talent that you list right there. And yeah, you're right. We have not had the roster at all this year. And whenever it seems like the roster is coming back, they uh, someone gets hurt or someone gets suspended for an abnormally long amount of time. And it just keeps shooting ourselves in the foot. And yeah, I 100% agree with you, Flip. What do you got to say about that, Chris? Yeah, I I mean I just we're two and zero as a fully healthy team. We can say that, right? So yeah, we got to give him the heart though. The basshole never liked it, loved his comment. We liked it, but we didn't love it. All right, all right. Oh, I'll gosh. read this long guy. one. I don't know. That reading's tough for me. You can read this one. <laughs> it's too long. I will read the next one. All right, Ryan Saunders never really had a full healthy roster to ever show what he was capable of. I think a lot of people were rooting for him to succeed in the beginning. Um, It would have made for a great and touching story. However, with how the team played with him as coach, I think it was the right decision to fire him. He's young and deserves to have other chances. 
but since the T-Wolves are so young, it's really important we have the best infrastructure right now around the players so they can develop and get better for the future. I would, uh, yeah, I mean, that's we need an older coach to coach younger players. You can't have a really young coach coach young players. It's just, uh, you know, need they need veteran leadership, experience, the right infrastructure to grow, um, right environment. I'd agree with you on that one. I think, for sure. I think that's a really interesting take I never really thought of. When you're saying, when we say we're the youngest team, in the NBA, and we also have the youngest coach in the NBA. Like that, just does, that doesn't blend well. You got to bring in an old guy, maybe like 53 years old with 25 years of assistant coaching experience. Something like that at the <laughs> head coaching, I think would be just a perfect fit. So I don't know, but I, yeah, I think that's a great take by the, by the veterinary medic. All, All right. This one, you can, you can go. Uh, Sadat Saglum. Uh, sorry if I butchered your name. Um, do you think D'Lo is not a good player anymore? I don't understand, but people keep saying he's not an all-star anymore. He is not plus player because he is too bad on defense. He can't be a second star on a contender. What do you think about him? And then the um, Iceman. Okay, well, yeah, first, we'll say what the Iceman thought about that. He said uh, D'Lo is a great offensive player, but a mediocre defensive player who has all the tools to be a consistently great defensive player if motivated to do so. So what is chris have to say about that um yeah i got my i got my boy on right now so i I can address this um i would say i don't think d'lo is not a good player anymore d'lo is still a good that didn't make any that sentence didn't really make sense what can you that i I didn't i I, so he said do you think d'lo is not a good player anymore i i still think (laughs) d'lo is a good player maybe i worded that wrong i still think d'lo is a good player I still think he can get back to that 27 points per game in the playoffs. Um, I do think he could possibly become a second star and a contender, but he also just turned 25. Um, the Wolves being, being directly thrown into the fire of the Timberwolves during a COVID season is not a great situation for him learning his teammates. Um, I think a full off season of retooling a little bit. Um, his three point shot is the best it's ever been in his career. So that's a plus. I think his mid-range fell off a little bit, but I, I think he can fix it. Um, I think I think he's getting better at finishing. Um, he has all the tools to be a good defensive player. He's long. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's a, he's smart. He's got a high IQ. I, th- I do think D'Lo can return to that. I think he just needs the right pieces around him to do so. Um, I think I think he could score at least 25 next season for sure, or even when he comes back this season. Um, so I'm I haven't given up on D'Lo yet. D'Lo is still one of my favorite players in the NBA. Um, he's such a unique player. I think is why I really like him. You don't. There's no player like D'Angelo Russell in the NBA right now. I think Forever. Mike Conley. Mike Conley might be the closest thing to him, but there's really no one like D'Lo. So he's got a great floater. Um, he's got a lot of really good tools. He just needs to improve on defense. So yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great comment, and I, yeah, I'm, I definitely have not given up on D'Angelo Russell. I think that that is, I think it's ridiculous for people to be giving up on D'Angelo Russell. That just, honestly, I'd say it's a terrible take. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. <laughs> All right, you want to do this one? Yeah, I'll, I'll read this one. Um, what do you think about the NBAC's comments regarding the hiring of Chris Finch? And then just so you guys would, um see the comments we pulled that up on the next slide so chris will uh, read that to you okay so this is a statement from uh, rick carlisle who's the president and the coach of the mavericks at the moment 
So it's always a bitter, it's always bittersweet when one coach is fired and another is hired, but this is not about individual coaches. We would re, we would be remiss not to acknowledge a deeper concern and a level of disappointment with the Minnesota head coach hiring process. The NBCA understands and respects each organization's right to hire and fire whomever and whenever it chooses. But it is also our responsibility to point out when an organization fails to conduct a thorough and transparent search of candidates from a wide range of diverse backgrounds. During this past offseason, we saw many NBA head coaching vacancies where teams led searches that were both diverse and transparent, which, by the way, the Wolves did. Um, this, must be st- this must be the standard. We must establish a level of playing field and equal access to opportunity for all coaching candidates. 100% agreed on that. The NBCA has been working closely um, with the league office on a wide range of initiatives that will improve future coaching searches in partnership with the NBA. We look forward to sharing details in weeks to come. And I'll, I'll start off on this. Um, I, I 100% agree with the NBCA's, you know, motive and why they're, why they're in an organization. Because I do think um, coaching staffs in general over the past few years um, need to become more diverse. I agree with that yeah. because the, you I mean, you look at the eighties and nineties and the early two thousands, there was barely any black, um, or any minority coaches in general. Um, so I think it's a great initiative to have a fair hiring process, especially allow for minorities just to, even if they don't get hired, just to get experience in the hiring process so they can go find another job if they don't get that one. Um, it's important to give them assistant positions. It's important to give them um, front office positions as well, because that's another thing. Um, Gerson um, is one of the only minority GMs. In the I think NBA, he's the so only. I think the Raptors one is a minority as well, but I'm not entirely sure. There, there's not many of them, which is obviously you want to see a diverse uh, front offices in the NBA. You want to see um, every creed, color, race represented in the NBA throughout so this situation is obviously a, an interesting one because from the outside, it just looks like obviously Chris Finch was, um, was hired on, what, a day or two notice, kind mm-hmm. of. That's what it looks like from the outside. So obviously, I, we, we even saw, we, at first, we were like, wow, like that was a really quick hire. Like, did they even look at Vanderpool? That was Peyton and I's first reaction to it. Yeah. I think digging a little deeper, obviously, um, I think dating back to 2019, was it that Vanderpool was given an interview? Um, a couple other, the, we actually have, I think three, I think we have three black assistants on our coaching staff. Anyone can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but from what I've heard, um, a lot of the assistants got a chance to be hired um, and got a, at least a, pro, a due process. So I think that's very important. I think that's the biggest thing is everyone gets the, everyone gets their due process to compete for that head coaching job. But the thing was, I think Chris Finch was Gerson's guy and was one of the, because they, they interviewed Finch in 2019 as well. If I'm Mm. not mistaken, anyone can comment if we're mistaken, we want to be respectful about this whole situation because we don't, we're just giving our opinions on this. Yeah. So I think it was 2019 and that Finch was given an interview for the Wolves job too. So obviously we know that him and Gerson worked together since 2010, you know, with the G with the Houston Rockets G league affiliate who then who they both won a championship with in the G league. And they've, you know, Chris Finch has done excellent work throughout um, the Pelicans organization nuggets um, 
mostly recently with the Raptors. And uh, we know Vanderpool has done incredible work over the past, I think it was seven years with the Blazers and coaching a dominant backcourt duo in uh, CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. And people didn't think they could work because CJ is ball dominant. And, you know, he made it work there. He was a lot of the reason why Portland was really successful throughout those past seven years. They made the playoffs almost every year. Um, So they're two really great coaches. And at the end of the day, I personally, I just thought it was Gerson's connection to Finch um, is the reason why he was hired. And, you know, maybe that, maybe that there is a deeper concern there where maybe the, that some minorities don't have as great of connections um, Mm -hmm. as, as maybe Finch did. So I think maybe they have to explore avenues for, um, I don't know how to say like for possibly minorities to, gain you know greater front office connections greater coaching connections um but yeah i i you know i I can see where you know firing ryan saunders and hiring chris finch i can see where the concern was but i in my opinion i i completely think it all had to do with just connections i I think it's gerson it's gerson's guy so i don't know if you have anything to add. yeah let me let me jump in on that a little bit um I am a hundred percent. I a hundred percent support this. Yeah. Oh, both of us, both of us really want to see more diverse coaching in front. Well, not even that. I just think, and I, I honestly, I think that the Timberwolves could have handled it a lot better. Agreed. I think sure. Agreed. I think they should have at least taken the time to even, even if that wasn't, even if they knew Chris Finch was their guy, I think that they should have been more transparent in their interview process, at least taken time to meet, like, cause it's okay. It's okay. If Chris Finch was who Gerson wanted, because this is one of, if he's not successful with Chris Finch, I don't think he will be the Timberwolves GM much longer. Probably not. And I think that, that definitely went into why he chose, you know, Chris Finch is cause he's risking his job yeah. on a guy who he knows. This is one of his last chances. So I think it's okay that he went with the guy that he wanted and it's okay that the moment when he fired Ryan Saunders, he knew who he wanted as his head coach. Yeah, but I think that the organization as a whole, they could have handled it better. I think that 100% agreed. And going on why we didn't hire David Vanderpool, or even give him that intern position, I think that when your team is as much of a dumpster fire as the Minnesota Timberwolves are right now, you need to hire from outside. That's how you change the culture. You don't hire you don't hire someone who's already on the bench when you're trying to change the culture, you need to have a complete restart and you need to get a new guy from the outside. So that's another reason why I'm happy that we hired Chris Finch. And I know that he hasn't made much of an impact on our record right now, but um, I think we got to give him some time. And yeah, I think that we both agree with this statement and that we think that the Timberwolves could have handled it a lot better. And we hope that in the future that, most that the rest of the NBA teams that are hiring a new coach have a better hiring process. So that's yeah. All. And I think, I think that the thing is to probably just more it's tough because the Timberwolves aren't a very transparent organization, but I, yeah, I mean, it's gotta be, there's gotta be a level of transparency. So the public isn't confused. I think yeah. is, is the, is the issue there. So really excited. Really. I'm, it's really nice. We still have Vanderpool on the coaching staff. Um, I hope he goes somewhere. I hope he finds. I hope he finds a head coaching job because I do think he deserves one. I think he's he's done his time um, as an assistant. And he's proven he can handle a handle an organization by himself. So I hope 
you know, once the next round of head coaching vacancies um, comes next off season, I, I really, you know, wish, wish him the best. And I hope he gets one of those spots. Cause yeah, cause it, for sure. it would be selfish of us to say that we want um, him to be our defensive coordinator when we know he's overqualified to be that. I think he for sure deserves a chance to be a head coach and we'd love to see that. And I guess the final thing I want to say in this, it's just tough that Chris Finch had to come in here with those negative, with that negative connotation about him being the head coach. Like it just sucks that the first news that you hear about him is how he got the job and how maybe it wasn't the fairest thing, but I hope he can prove that wrong and maybe turn this team around. So, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're happy. We're for sure happy with Chris Finch. We, we, we like the hire. All right. All right. From King, 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 King. All right. Um, Peyton, Kawhi said, Hey, how does he do it? Ah, ah, ah. No, 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 no. This is when he, um, well, this is a different one. This is when he returned to LA and he said, Hey, hey, hey. He's on the <laughs> mic. He's, he's giving them the, uh, he's like, Hey, hey, hey. I'll, I'll throw, I might throw the clip in here when I'm editing it, but, um, but that's what I was talking about. And King, King knew exactly what I was talking about. And there you go. There I had to go. throw that comment in there to, to clear up the air. That's our boy. That's our boy. All right. Iceman like Gervin. Um, I think he, we had a response from him in one yeah. of the previous. So I'll, I'll read this one because it's a pretty short one. So I think I can handle it. Um, he said, I think that the T-Wolves will end up including Jade McDaniels in a trade for a more established player. And he will blow up on the, up on the court for another franchise like Zach Levine did for the Bulls. What do you think about that? Um, I'm going to disagree actually with this statement for a couple of reasons. Um, the Zach Levine situation, I think is completely different than the Jane McDaniel situation in that Zach Levine already established himself as a young up and coming player. Like he was averaging 20 points per game before he tore his ACL. Um, a lot of people knew Zach Levine was going to be a pretty good scoring guard, but at the moment we don't really know what Jaden McDaniels is yet. And, you know, I, I hope, you know, I hope he does, he becomes something like Zach Levine did. I hope he becomes an all-star, but I think we all saw Zach Levine and what he was doing. Um, And I personally, I think Zach Levine's a, will probably have a better career than McDaniels will um, just projection wise. But it's too early to say, and you know, I'm I'm a little biased because I love Zach Levine, so I, I'm gonna disagree with this comment. But you know, maybe maybe it'll prove maybe they'll trade him and he'll prove me wrong. So I I sure as hope that we do not trade Jaden McDaniels. I think that that would just like when you get a guy like that so late in the draft and he has such a such a nice contract, a favorable contract for the team. You got to keep him, man. He's such a young, developable, developable player. Yeah. That if we traded him, I know he's probably got a very high his his trade value right now is pretty high, I think. Well, yeah, all all rookies for sure. Yeah, and I I just think it would be a shame if we traded him because I would love to see him grow and develop with Ant and become a tandem in the future. Yeah, you know, I I I yeah, that's tough. I you know, I'm I'm Zach Levine biased, so there you go. Ronan. Uh Ronan no, no, no. Ronan? No, no. Question mark? Ronan. Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to sign some vets or trade a bit of our young pieces for vets that want to help teach a team teach a young team and who also knows winning well, okay who also know winning basketball like a Kevin Garnett type presence or like a Tayshawn Prince when he was with us 
If you'd want to be more modest, though, he couldn't shoot for his life, but he was like 40, so he's got a pass. Um, I mean, yeah, that's what we were kind of talking about earlier, I guess, is uh, what vets are willing to come to a losing team. Um, not not a lot. Most, most likely 99% of vets want to go play on a warm team, first of all, in a nice location yeah. um, with maybe no income tax, or they want to play for a championship pedigree team. And well, we are none of which at the moment. So well, think, let me, um, uh, hearing this, uh, Kevin Garnett, and then you're talking about what vet would want to come. I, I couldn't help but draw the comparison to a four who, uh, who used to play here, who's getting old and it seems like he's out. What about Kevin Love, man? What could we bring him back on a low contract? Maybe would that be a possibility? So Kevin Love, I think actually is on the, um, the Cavs are receiving offers for him right now. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I brought this up in the past. I, I wouldn't mind a reunion with Kevin Love. Um, think about that, man. Dude, that, I, don't know I, would, sa- I don't know his salary, but. I would cry. I think I would shed a tear if Kevin Love came back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I do, yeah. he would be a perfect fit on our roster. I mean, a rebounding four, a great passer. He can shoot. Um, I mean, my dad always good. talked about that he had the best outlet pass in NBA history. The, tri- the triple threat stance, too. He had a great triple threat stance. <laughs> He's a banana republic model. I mean, I don't know what more you could want in a player. And, dude, and Cle- if we... Cleveland's ready to... Cleveland wants to go young. They, uh, they're they going to trade Drummond and probably Kevin Love. So, I mean... A Kogi, a Kogi and Culver for Kevin Love? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they... I don't know what Kevin Love's salary. I think he's actually a little bit overpaid at the. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, forgot I was in this, but I think he's a little bit overpaid at the moment. So I don't know if you'd have to give him Rubio to match contracts. So I don't know. I because we I don't do. really have a ton of cap space. But I don't know. Just reading this description and like I don't know. I think that would be something that, and that will just make a lot of the fans kind of buy back in. Like yeah, I mean, the- I I think he'd be open to open to the return. For Think sure. about when Rubio returned. Everyone was happy, and that was Ricky Rubio. Imagine if Kevin Love came back. I think a lot of people would come back and support the team again. So I think if Gerson's watching this episode, which I know he does regularly, I think that uh, <laughs> maybe think about that. That would yeah. be something. And if that happens, you heard it here first. Let's just say that. True. You want to do this one or you want me? Well, I can handle this one. Um, Rosas wanted Finch all along. Saunders was Taylor's guy. Um, do you think Ricky Rubio is worth the $17 million, million dollar contract on this team? I don't think Ricky Rubio is worth the $17 million contract on this team. Um, yeah, I, I agree with the top part. Rosas definitely wanted Finch all along. Um, I think he loves Vanderpool too, but I think Finch was his guy. Um, Saunders was Taylor's guy, yeah. I mean, I think Saunders more so just because, you know, you got to throw an interim coach in there. Why not let a young guy give it a try and maybe figure something out? Do you think Rubio is worth the 17 million contract on this team? No. Not on this team, on the Suns or on the Jazz. I think he's worth it. I yeah. really do think it's it worth it on them. When we came, when he when he came onto the team, no one was worried about his contract size. No, but like, yeah, I, a backup point guard getting paid 17 mil when our best player on the team this year is getting paid what? Is it 15 or 16? Cat. No, no, no. I, I think Malik's the best player in the team this That's year. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. Malik's getting paid about the same or less. No, it's not. Obviously, like not on this. Maybe team, at the beginning yeah. of the year we thought it was fine, but no, it's not. He's not worth the money. We we all know this. I mean, 
the turnovers, the late game, you know, mistakes. It, uh, the comments. Yeah. The comments are not worth the comments. It. I don't want to. Yeah, I. You know, we we don't even have to talk about that. No, he's not worth seventeen million dollars. I think the offense looks a lot more fluid, but it's too early to make rash comments. The firing of Ryan was an unfortunate circumstance, but necessary to move forward. Once D'Lo is back, we can judge more fairly. I would agree. Yeah, yeah, at least at least once Beasley's back. Like if Beasley gets back and D'Lo is not back yet, then we can kind of start to make judgments. But without D'Lo and Beasley, we cannot judge the man. We can judge him maybe on his late game play call, but I don't even know if this team can be competitive in most late games. So he might not even get a chance to do some actual coaching just because <laughs> our talent is just not there. And I mean, we got two of our best. You said our best player, Malik Beasley's out. And Devo's out. Like, you can't judge a team like that. Yeah. So we – yeah. All right, Mason Schmidt. Uh, he's he's a longtime sub. I know that. Yeah, we, we love Mason. Uh, we know Mason. he tunes into Spotify. Um, appreciate you, man. Like, we, we really do because we have a very small community of subscribers and fans. And, like, we, we know we know all of you guys by names. Like, me and Chris will be like, oh, yeah, did you see what Mason said in the co- – like – we we know all of our like all the people that have been with us from the beginning so we just want to take a time out to just say thanks to mason i mean you saw we included king physique in the intro video so like we love building this little community and yeah we appreciate you guys from the beginning and we're not going to stop appreciate you guys no matter how big we get so for sure for sure so what roster moves would you guys like to see with the trade deadline approaching what is one trade you would love to see all right. I mean, I already touched on this. I didn't, I did not know what trade I was going to say before this talk started, but I just, uh, I just figured it out. I had an epiphany um, a few minutes ago and I, I would love to see Kevin Love be brought back to the Tim Rolfs. I think that that would be the best move, but you also got Aaron Gordon or John Collins, but I think that bring Kevin Love back. I think that's the move. Um, that's what I'm going to, that's it. That's a, what I'm going to die on right now. What do you think about that, Chris? I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, what roster move would I like to see? Love. I mean, I, I would. Love to see. I would love. Like, I'm not gonna lie with you. I would love John Collins. Um, I mean, it, he's the. He's a. He's what we need. He's a rebounder, and he's he can shoot. He's exactly what Gerson wants at the four. So I, I would love to see him. Um, would he sign a contract extension? I hope so. Um, who would we have to give up? probably a first um can you trade i thought you can't trade first and well it, you can't trade consecutive first so we'd have to give them a 2023 first um mm-hmm. so i know yeah. that from 2k yeah the stipend rule um <laughs> yeah I, I would love to see just a four i would love to see a competent four who we don't have to keep circling vanderbilt mcdaniels layman and wancho in and out for i don't want to see a circus at the four position i just want to see the same guy i would love to see us game. move on from jake layman um i forgot to i forgot to bring this up but last last night in the game he had a great dunk at the end of yep. the end of the half and then he's just started running. He ran back on defense and then he just started sprinting forward. Like the camera, the camera was trying to go to him to like show his face after the dunk. And then he just starts sprinting forward. And you're like, what is he doing? They inbound the ball, make two passes and they get a wide open layup at the end of the half because he's just like, what? Like you make a great play and then you do that. Yeah. So I like, I'd love, I'd love to see a way to, get rid of Wancho and Jake Lehman. Um, Turn that into K-Love, man. 
if we could package that in the, no, yeah, I like the Kevin Love idea. You know, I, I do like it. So those are those are a couple of our uh, what we'd like to. So I I would just put a big number four yeah. for that comment. A big number four. We want to see a four. We want to see a We're four. Sick. But um, but yeah, guys, that, that's all. That's kind of all we got right now. Um, again, tough time to be a Timberwolves fan. We know. But uh, we're here for you guys, and uh, we'll, we'll always respond to your comments. If you guys, if you guys want to talk about it, we're here to help via sad Timberwolves fans. But we're trying to be positive about it. Um, thank you for tuning in. Spotify and Apple Podcasts is another spot where you can uh, where you can listen to this episode. And you know what, guys? Hope you have a great week. Thank you, Chris, for taking time out of the day. Um, yes, sir. Hey. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.